0: Hey everybody, Marilyn Hughes with the Out-of-Body Travel Foundation. This live stream, we have an interesting subject that um, I really am excited to share with you from the interesting mystical writings of Reverend G. Bill Owen. This is from volume three of his five-volume series on life beyond the veil. This is called The Ministry of Heaven. Um He shares in here some things that we all experience in the out of body travel state that I want to share with you in terms of showing this universality, but also showing us the consequences of ignoring the uh, spiritual life during our physical waking lives So I'd like to ask everyone to subscribe to our channel. This keeps us searchable all over the internet. And also, if you can consider becoming a member, please click on the button in the upper right-hand corner of the page, and you'll see uh, several different options you can choose from in terms of membership to the foundation. Welcome, Yell. Thank you for joining me. We're going to be looking at this book, Ministry of Heaven, from the five-volume Life Beyond the Veil series written by Reverend G. Vale Owen. He lived in the 1900s and uh, had some fascinating experiences. One of the things here I wanted to share is how he talks about how music moves through the spheres, through the heavens. and We experience this in out-of-body travel frequently where we actually will be flying through these beautiful realms and hearing this never before heard, it's not present here in our physical world, it hasn't been created yet here. This music that is just so beautiful beyond words um, and you literally go into an ecstasy just flying through it, listening to that music of the spheres and Reverend Vale Owen speaks about it in this manner. This and almost this only do we know or think we know. It passes for knowledge with us in any wise. The heart of God is the source of harmony in music. Not so much the mind of God as God's great heart. From him flows forth the love strains of his melody and those spheres which are most near to his attunement receive those divine harmonies and by them with other influences combined become more and more attuned to him who is the source of all that is lovely and lovable. Thus as the eternities glide on, They who inhabit those far high spheres blend within themselves more and more of attributes awful and sublime and compass each within himself more and more of divinity. That, however, is far too high for us to tell of adequately. Our business with you at this time is to tell as best we may in what few words suffice. Some of that we take note of as this same stream descends upon us and passes onward, broadening as each molecule of tone expands of itself and thrusts its fellows outward. Until by the time that stream impinges on your boundary, it has become much grosser and more coarsened in its texture and so suited those to those almost tangible vibrations available in your sphere. How beautiful, huh? So he describes it excellently here. This stream from above finds a receptacle here and more than one receptacle. This is used as a reservoir and the music is molded into airs and melodies and started forth once again as a small but intense stream earthward. Immediately, it begins to expand as I have already told you, and what you receive therefore is not sterling essence, but the attenuated expansion of the original creation. Hello, John, thank you for joining us. It is like a small hole in a shutter of a darkened room. Through it streams a small jet of sunlight. But when it reaches the opposite wall, it is much thinner in quality and the stream is filled with dancing notes, which only tend to obscure the brightness with which it enters through the small aperture. Well, but even so, your music is both lovable and uplifting. Oh, but thank you then, my friend, what must the music of these spheres be? It ravishes us with ennobling pain and pleasure. And each becomes in himself an accumulator of energy to give forth again what he has received, interpreted and molded by his own personality for the benefit of those who are not so progressed as he So is the exquisiteness and potency tempered by those among us whose special aptitude is of such a kind in order that it might be not too fine in nature for the comprehension of those higher souls of earth who catch and in some degree retain what thus reaches them from the master of music here aloft. I would that we might lengthen out our account, but you cannot well receive more now. We would put it in brief then that as in others, so in this matter, the broad grand truth holds true from the father in orderly retrocession down to the humblest of men. As the father has life in himself, so has he given to the sun to have life in himself not life alone but life in all its phases of which music is one <coughs> excuse me. as the sun dispenses that life received from the wet reservoir of his being giving life as from himself So his servants do in lesser degree in ratio to their capacity, not life alone as parents to the child, but love, beauty, high thoughts, and heavenly melody. We have spoken to you, friend, of the life stream of the father's love, of water and its uses, of music also. And now tonight, a few words as to the coordination of forces to any certain and particular end purposed by those whose duty and responsibility it is to issue into these spheres inferior such commands as are decreed in those above. Know you, therefore, you who dwell in one of the uttermost of these spheres, that such duties as are assigned to you have all been worked out as to their class, and the end to which they tend by those who dwell in realms far above you. These schemes of allotted service are transmitted downward until they reach you and are made known to you sometimes in one manner, sometimes in another, and to one more plainly and to another less watchful, not so plain. Nevertheless, all who run the race of the earth life may read the scroll of music if he choose and persevere still to will that light be vouchsafed to him as to what his life shall be, and to what end he has been guided. I wanted to share another section that shows the contrary of this. Hello, MT, thank you for joining us. Andrew, thank you for joining us. This experience shared by Reverend Vale Owen in Ministry of Heaven from Life Beyond the Veil, Volume Three, it's a five volume set, shows this very interesting dichotomy where he then travels to a sphere uh, that is lower and where not only are these music streams absent but it becomes difficult and almost impossible for souls to express things of a higher nature. Those of us who have these out-of-body experiences will see this in our own experience And I thought this was fascinating because it shows us what happens when we neglect the spiritual life during our incarnation on earth. And he's speaking here about the sign of the cross, the sign of Christ, and and a soul that he knew on earth that he goes to assist And so let's join his little interesting journey here. Even those in the hells then know his sign. Is that so? Speaking of the sign of the cross. Most truly and terribly so. Let me for a few minutes dwell on this matter. matter. For there may be many as we know who on earth do not reverence that sign over much. Because they do not understand. I have been in the darker regions times and oft, but when I go there, I have not just of late been there having other business toward. I use that sign most sparingly, knowing the agony it flings upon those poor souls who have agony within themselves more than a little already. Wow, huh? Will you tell me of any instance in which you used that sign? Yes, I was once sent to search for a man who had strangely enough been brought on passing from earth into the second sphere, but he was not fitted to dwell there and gravitated to the spheres below. When a difficult and entangled personality comes over, sometimes confusion can arise. I descended into the spheres of gloom, he says, in in trying to find this friend. Therefore, I went from city to city, and at last I came to a gate where I felt his presence within. You will perhaps not readily understand that I have but just given you. Let it pass, you will one day, Passing within, I came by the murky glimmering of light prevailing to a square wherein a large crowd was gathered. The air seemed ruddy of hue, like a smith's working house, flickering and faltering as the crowd were uplifted or depressed, grew angry or grew weary. Standing on a stone block was the man I sought. He spoke to the people in a harsh voice earnestly, and I stood behind them and listened a while. He was telling them of the redemption and of the redeemer, not by name, mark you, but by illusion. Twice or thrice, I saw the name upon his lips, but it never came forth. For whenever it happened there, I saw a wave of pain sweep over his face and his hands gripped inward on themselves and he became silent a space and then proceeded. But of him who spoke, he spoke, no one there could doubt the personality, meaning that he was speaking of Jesus Christ. For a long time, he urged them to repent and told them what the lack of spirit learning had done by him, bringing him down willy nilly from his short glimpse of heaven and light into the thick gloom of these underworlds of pain and remorse. What he had what he was urging them to do was this. He said he had come hither with open eyes and had marked the way well enough to go back upon his steps and reach the light at length. But the way was long and of painful ascent and very gloomy. He therefore called upon them to be willing to make their departure with him and all together as a flock of sheep for company and mutual aid and they would come to rest at the end. Only let them not go astray by the roadside for ravines and rank forest lands they must pass beside and those who should stray might lose the track for ages and wander lonely whither he could not tell. But always in darkness and peril from the cruel who lurked in those regions to wreak their frenzy on anyone who came within their power So let them follow the banner he would bear before them and they should then have not to fear. For the banner he would make for them would be a symbol of great strength to them for the way. That is the burden of his speaking to them and they seemed not without a wistful readiness of response. He stood there silent some time and then there came a voice from one in the crowd who cried, what banner do you speak of? What arms will you emblazon on it so that we know whose leadership we follow? Then the man who stood upon the stone in the middle of the square lifted his hand on high and tried to force it downward to make line, but he could not do it. He tried to do this many times, but his arm seemed palsied. Whenever he tried to move it downward deliberately, then at length it was a very painful sight to me who knew him. He heaved a sigh loud and full of tears of agony, and his hand fell of itself and hung limp by his side. What happens is when souls descend into these lower spheres, we become become unable to do certain things, to make the sign of the cross, to speak the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We become unable. Sometimes even when we are under a demonic attack, we will try really, really hard and we cannot say it because we are being prevented from doing so by the dark forces. And he's in a darker region, and so he is struggling to actually just show them the sign of the cross. Soon he started and stood erect once again with determination on his face. He had realized that he had made a vertical line through the air, and lo, there shone along the path which his falling hand had taken, a faintly luminous streak standing before him. So, with much effort and caution, he once more raised his hand, stretched away from the line and somewhat above the middle of its length, and sought to approach and cross through it. But this again, he could not do. I could read his mind and what was in it. He was trying to give them the ensignment for the banner they should follow, the sign of the cross. So, in pity, I pressed forward and at last stood by his side. I traced first the vertical line still visible. I traced it slowly and as I did, so it shone out with a brightness which lighted the square and the faces of the crowd assembled. Then I made the cross piece and there it shone before us and we hidden by its luminous radiance stood behind unseen. But I heard a wild cry and a great wailing and looked out again The cross had grown more dim, and I saw the multitude were prostrate and writhing in the dust of the great square, seeking to hide their faces and blot out the memory of that sign. It was not that they hated it. These were come through that stage of remorse. And what that indicates is that they are in a purgatorial realm, a lower purgatorial realm but it was the very progress they had made towards repentance that caused their present pain. Remorse was blending into sorrow for sin and ingratitude in these, and that progress added bitterness to their sorrow. The man beside me did not grovel as the others, but knelt down with his face covered with his hands and his hands on his knees, bowed double with the agony of repentance. Now I saw I had been too much in haste, and what I had meant for their comfort had been their undoing. So I had much labor to restore them once again to their proper mood of calm, on which I might, taking the office of my friend upon myself, begin to play the tune, begin to play the tune he had begun. At long last, I was successful in my task, but I made my resolve then and there to be more restrained in the use of that potent sign in these dark realms hereafter, lest I should cause more pain to those who already had so much of their own to bear. They had their banner after all, as I sought to tell you, but it was not of very excellent workmanship. Merely a couple of tree branches, much twisted and gnarled as trees grow in these dim quarters, but they strung them together and called it a cross. But the cross piece tilted sometimes up and sometimes down, and it was grotesque but for the earnestness of them and what it meant to them. For it stood to them for the power it signified and for him from whom that power flowed. And so to them it was indeed a sign most sacred and to be followed bravely, but in silence and in awe and the strip of red cloth, which they tied about the intersection flowed out like a stream of blood. And they followed where they saw it go before them on the long, long journey, often weary and foot sore, but ever towards the uplands where they knew they would find the light. So thank you for sharing that with me. I will be back in just a moment to continue our theme. Please subscribe to our channel. It keeps us searchable across the internet, helps helps people to find us. Uh, Consider becoming a member. Click the join button on the right-hand side of the screen and look at your options for membership. That helps us to keep our resources free to everyone in the world. See you in a few minutes.